the Big Church Podcast. Well, good morning. Y'all look, y'all look really good through the smoke and the lights. But how's everyone doing this morning? Everybody good? How about the left side? We'll do it at the game. How about the left side over? How are you doing? Come on, middle. What do we got? Come on, right. Oh, oh, you guys are coming in behind here now. Everybody's doing good and looking good this morning. But uh, this morning, I just want to take a moment um, to get my iPad where it needs to be. Uh, I want to take a moment to thank all of our veterans. You know, uh, Veterans Day was Thursday. And a lot of times we kind of skip over that day. We don't really talk about it. But I want to honor each and every one in here. If you're a veteran, will you stand? Any veterans? I know we got one. I know Jason. I know Bruce is out there right now. But I thank you. I want to say personally, thank you all for your service. You know why? Because you chose to protect. You chose to follow a code of honor. And many have paid the ultimate price to follow that. So we say to all the vets this morning that we thank you, we appreciate you, and I'm gonna tell you something. If you see someone in a hat that says Army, Navy, Air Force, whatever, you know what I like to do? I like to walk up to them and I just like to say thank you for your service. You don't know what a smile that brings to someone and you don't know how the trauma that they may have went through, that that one thing you're saying to them could change everything. So if you see a vet, you need to walk up to him and say thank you for your service. And you need to talk to them a little bit too, amen? You know why? They answered the call. And we're talking about following, but they answered the call to go and to serve and protect our country. So let's come on one more time. One more time. Last week, who was here last week? Wow, that's a good crowd. Some of y'all are new, but I'm gonna go over what we talked about last week. Last week, the title of the message was How to Walk Chosen. And the first thing that we talked about was was acknowledging that we are chosen. Sometimes you just have to speak life over yourself. Sometimes you just have to get you some verses. And just this week, I got a verse from someone. I got this text message from someone that says, your sermon struck a real nerve with me. I'm really not feeling well tonight, but I found my Bible verse for the night. And listen what he said, what he said. Romans 5, 3, and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance perseverance, character, and character hope. Sometimes when you're having a bad day, you just got to find you a Bible verse to stand on. Amen? Amen. Number two, you got to allow God to change your identity. You have to renew your mind. You have to take your thoughts captive. You got to get rid of all that stinking thinking that's been out ever since the garden. You know where it's been. You got to know who you are in Christ. Number three, you have to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. And I was so proud of y'all. Y'all started spitting them out to me left and right. I thought I was going to pull them out of you. We got to walk in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's the one that gets us all. Not only do you got to walk in them, you got to cultivate them. You have to work on those things each and every day. Number four, you got to stay close. That's why church is important. I like the crowd I'm seeing today. Church is important. You gotta stay in community. You gotta stay in covenant with God because they're important. But once we understand, once we understand that we're chosen and we choose Jesus, we have to make a conscious decision to follow Jesus. Crickets. You have to make a conscious decision to follow him. It's not just saying I'm a follower of Jesus. You have to actually get up and do the following. 
You know, here's the thing. Well, a lot of times, oh, help me, Lord. Help, help me, Lord. We have to make that conscious decision. And then we ask the question, are you a follower of Jesus? Because that's a very important question to ask. And it's also very important to think about. The title to my message is Choose to Follow. What does following even mean? Follow the word. I love definitions. Here we go. Follow means to go, to pursue, to proceed, to move forward. I like this one. To accept as a calling or a way of life. A follower is one, is one of this, is one that is in an act of service, one that imitates another. What do we as Christians define follower as? Well, I got the first group. Y'all ready? This is the first group of Christians. You all are the ones with the Jesus bumper sticker on your car. Y'all know who you are. You got the little fish, it's on the back side of it. And you're the ones that are already aggravated at me for even asking the question of, of, of what kind of Christian are you, right? Man, you all are quiet in here this morning. Is the heat on too much? Because I can turn it off. But you got the bumper sticker and you buy all the books at the Christian bookstore, right? You support the mission field. And I'm not making fun of all this. I'm just trying to talk, trying to get you to understand. But they define following is I go to church most of the time, I have a paper Bible when all of these young people, all they have is a bunch of ones that glow. And listen, I read the one that glows. The one that glows goes with you everywhere you go. Your paper one may not. but I'm, So I'm saying, if, you, if that's the Bible you carry, then let it glow, let it glow, let it glow. <laughs> I did not even mean to say that. Here we go. And I listen to Christian music most of the time. These are not the questions that I'm asking you about being a follower. Here's the second group. I'm a Christian. I live a good life. I repeated a prayer once. I got baptized some time ago. And you know what? My mama was a Christian. My daddy was a Christian. My grandma was a Christian. My... That's not what I'm asking you. Jesus, let me tell you something. Jesus has a lot of fans. They cheer when the going is good, but they walk away when it gets difficult. The difference between being a follower and following is you've got to keep walking when it gets hard. They want to be close enough for the benefits of following Jesus, uh, but they don't want to be so close that it will require anything from them. Is that striking a nerve? Uh, my, still toe, my foot's feeling better, and I'm about to stomp it here in just a few minutes. But listen to me. Everybody follows something. You follow romantic uh, relationships. You follow your career. You, forgot, you follow money and wealth. Well, we're moving on up. Come on. That's the one we follow the most. Y'all like that? Y'all you, younger be like, what is he talking about moving on up? The Jefferson's one of the better, best shows I've ever seen. It's awesome. But we follow wealth and we follow money. We follow fame and celebrities and we're always scrolling and trying to find somebody else's life. And those people, most of the time, we're following them and they're miserable. We follow family. I'll oh, listen to this one. We follow family's opinions. Why do you want to go to church all of the time? You're always volunteering for everything. We used to have when refuge 
this was one of the things, some of the parents that got mad at us because the kids wanted to be in church all the time. Okay, go to church, smoke pot. I mean, we've actually had a few conversations that I was like, are you kidding me? They want to uh, come to church and they want to support missions and they want to go do everything that we're doing, but yet you would rather them be out somewhere doing something you don't want them to be doing? Oh, so what happens? You catch yourself not even talking about church anymore. You catch yourself around your family letting that be on the back burner because it brings up so much hostility. And also you follow your friend's influence. They think you're weird because you want to go to church. Because you don't want to be like them. So instead of being light to them, you choose not to hang out with them anymore. Jesus did not pick and choose he hung out. Do you know? Oh, help me, Lord. He walked away from the religious folk. And he walked right into the folk that are sitting in this room right here. We can't pick and choose who we're going to follow. Jesus didn't. Culture, oh, here's a good one. We follow the latest trends, the latest ideas, the latest beliefs, because you know why? We fear we're going to be excluded. Is FOMO still something they say? I don't know. You want, you want to be fear of missing out. How do we follow when our views don't line up with culture? Do we bend? Do we bow? Or do we follow? So many times we bend to culture or we bow to it. And Jesus said, if you'll follow on through, follow me, I'm going to take you to the other side of what culture says. He is saying to this, Jesus is not concerned, listen to me, about how many followers you have. He's just concerned about you following him. There is no way of following Jesus, listen to me, without him interfering with your life. Look at nine, let's look at 923. I'm going to say that again. There's no way to follow Jesus without him interfering with your life. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, here's a verse that, a little squirrely, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Wow. Sounds like a pretty impossible task there, doesn't it? You want me, us, to deny ourselves? Wait a minute, you want me to take up my cross and you want me to follow you? You know, Jesus, my flesh, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is sure is weak. I don't know if I can do any of those things. But what does that even mean? Following requires, number one, faith. Most of us live a cautious, safety-first life. We need all, come on. Y'all need all the details to get to the destination, right? Anybody need all the details up front? Oh, you all control freaks. I know. You got to have it written out before you can go anywhere. But sometimes we, don't, we, we tend to overthink it too. I'm bad about that one right there. We need to know it. But following Jesus and having faith doesn't always make sense. But when we choose to follow, it means accepting the call and doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Peter, James, Andrew, John. Jesus walked up on them one day at the boat and said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They were probably like, what the heck does that even mean? And then he said, follow me. The Bible says they dropped their nets. They dropped their livelihood. They dropped not only that, they left everything, their families behind. 
One day he was passing by a tax collector, and I love the Chosen series. If you haven't seen it, I'm, call, I'm, I'm begging you to watch it because it's awesome. But Matthew, that scene, and he's walking by, and Matthew's just got his eyes to him, and Jesus just turns around, and he says, follow me. He left everything. He left his position. He left his money. But sometimes we must listen and go when God says to go. But what are the practical ways of stepping out in faith? First is prayer. I know, that's the one that always hits first, right? You get prayer, read your Bible, all the keys it says. But there's so many times that we leave prayer out because of one thing. We don't know how to do it. Come on, is that right? We get, we get um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, we get intimidated by hearing someone else pray. I remember used to hear, I am not an eloquent prayer, but I hear people pray and I say, oh, exalted heavenly father of the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And then I would be like, oh, I can never pray like that. And some people are like, man, good. I'm glad you don't pray like that. Because Jesus had to teach his disciples how to pray. And sometimes, let me tell you what you need to do. Corporate prayer is every first Wednesday of the month. If you don't know how to pray, you need to come and be around about 30 or 40 people who are praying in the house. You will learn something. You will glean something from that. But Jesus, the disciples, uh, uh, didn't know how to pray. But you know what Jesus did? He modeled it for them. It said many times Jesus went out by himself Many times he went out to a lonely place or to a deserted place or a secluded place. And the disciples were probably going, wonder where Jesus is going. And you know because people are nosy, right? They probably followed him and they wanted to hear. what. So they probably got on the outside of going. And you would hear him say, Father, I come to you this morning and I need your help. And you would hear him say what sounds kind of like this Lord's Prayer. He says in Matthew, he says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. We are not worrying about tomorrow or yesterday. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our debts as we forgive those uh, debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. There is a whole message just in those verses right there. And I may preach it one day, just breaking it down, what everything sounds like. What it looks like, you may have to allow God to move by delaying a decision, listen to me, and let him speak to you. Prayer is not only verbal, it's listening. So many times we miss what God wants to say because we're always yakking. Come on, any yakkers in the house? We're always yakking, we're always talking. Y'all ain't gonna admit to that one, are you? But you're always talking and yakking and God's like, I wish they would just kind of be quiet so I could talk to them a little bit. But maybe you let God speak to you, maybe that five minutes or an hour a week before you make a crucial decision in your life. So many times we make decisions and then we ask God later, we asked him later, hey, can you bless this God? And he's like, oh, you didn't listen to me a week ago when I told you no. I'm going on. Be bold enough to be talking about Jesus. These are practical things that you can do out in this world. And you can do it out loud. How many have spoken to someone in the last week about Jesus? That's great. I think I have. I'm being honest. I think I have. I know I've probably talked about Jesus. Or, but, I mean, have you, how many of us have actually said, this is what Jesus has done for me? 
And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. There's a difference between being a Christian. There's a difference between having that word and actually being out there into the community and letting people know that your light is so shining. You gotta be. You gotta follow that tug on your heart when you're at the grocery store, when you're at the gas station, when somebody comes to your mind, when God highlights someone to pray for. Guess what you need to do? You need to go pray for them. When He highlights a family that you need to go in need, you need to go and help that family in need. And it's not. We always say, "Well, I don't know if that's a God thing or not." Well, if it's a good thing, it's a God thing. You don't gotta overthink it sometimes. Here's a good one. You got to take a Sabbath. That's a practical thing to do. You have to take a Sabbath. Exodus 28 says, remember, so many of us forget because we get busy, but he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. There's something about taking, even if it's not all day, there's something about taking several hours of that day and focusing on God, but also yourself. Man, we're pulled in 50, 100 different directions daily. And there's sometimes we just need a mental health day for ourselves. We just need a day to say, okay, I don't want to hear all the yakking. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear all the stuff. I just need some time for me and God. Tithing, let God stretch you. Tithing and giving is one that right now we could practically let him stretch us in. Also, serving others. Do you feel called to lend a hand in church? Well, listen, step out of your comfort zone. So many times, we need some help up in here. I'm just telling you right now. You step out of your comfort zone and use your gift at church, whether it's music or photos or, or loving the next generation. And here's a good one. Take another job that would allow you to spend more time with your family instead of the one that makes more money. There's so many people that are working seven days, six and seven days a week and, and not taking the time that they need to do. And God said, if you will give me that time in your life, I'll, okay, I'm not getting ahead of myself because I almost, almost did. Number two, following requires taking, sorry, I meant to give you a, a nod earlier. We only practiced not, none on this, so... But number two requires taking up your cross daily. Watch those thorns. What does that even mean? It sounds like you got to throw everything away, all the comforts, and you got to carry something heavy and burden. That's what we see. We see carrying the cross. Look, he's struggling, right? Carrying this burdensome thing. If we've watched all the movies, we've seen Passion of the Christ, that traumatized us forever. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. You're good. <laughs> Another 20 minutes, though. <laughs> but that's what we see right there when it says carry your cross. But what he did with the disciples, he wanted them to put to death their own plans, to put to death their own desires. He wanted them to turn everything over to him. So what is, your, what is carrying your cross actually mean practically? Whew. Having patience. Oh, there should be more than that. Mommy, 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 what is this? And daddy, 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 daddy. 
That's a cross you have to bear sometimes, right, Allie? And she's got the perfect child. What do you do? Listen, look to your spouse. What do you do, or your boyfriend or girlfriend, what do you do when they get on your nerves? I stay on Pastor Mindy's nerves. But what do you do? How do you handle Casey, Kim? How do you do the things that you do? So, that was bad. I didn't mean that Casey Rawson. Okay, let's get back. But it also means, carrying your cross means treating others good or well. Loving your neighbor as yourselves. How do you work and how do you treat the people that you work with? It says, love those who hate you. Pray for those. Man, Jesus was radical, wasn't he? He came up on the scene. He was saying stuff. And they're all scratching their head and like, oh, my gosh. We, how are we going to do all that? But you got to love people who hate you. you got to pray for them who despitefully use you, you got, or take advantage of you. You mean I actually have to forgive first? Before they even ask? And even if they don't, that's a hard one. Here's another way we can take up our cross. Take, up, take time. We're busy, 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 and busy. And then we get busier. Having a conversation with someone who really just needs somebody to talk to. So many times we put people off and we don't, because of that. Man, it, just, it takes 30, 20 minutes of your time. If people are long-winded, it's longer. But it takes just a little bit of your time to do that. Number three, following requires denying ourselves. Denying ourselves. Another form of punishment. We carried the cross, now we have to deny ourselves. Man, it sounds like Jesus is just wanting to beat us up all the time. But let me tell you why. Because we live in a self-gratifying society. We want it now. We want it, and we want it now. We don't want to wait on it. The microwave, it has to be heated up in a minute. But in, desi in, de in denying ourselves, we choose to replace our desires, our thoughts, and our plans, and put God's thoughts and purposes into place. Jesus considered us before himself. When he went to the garden, he knew what was about to happen. He knew he was going to go to the cross. He knew he was going to be spit on and rejected and, and, and all of those things. He knew that it was going to happen, but he said this. He says, not my will, Father, but yours will be done. Do you know why he said that? Because he wasn't selfish, because he knew somewhere in 2021 there would be a group of people in big church right now that would need him to go to the cross for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. David Platt says this. He's a famous author. He said, the road Jesus walks is not paved with the prospect of self-advancement. Instead, it starts with the demand for self Denial. Following requires one to die to ourselves, and it's not easy to die to ourselves because I just said we want what we want. I have to deny myself sweet tea. Even though me and Bobby love sweet tea and Pepper does too. Now listen, that doesn't mean that I, I can't have it every once in a while. I just can't drink two gallons of it a week. My foot swelled up, and he said, what do you have you done anything different? I said, I've been drinking a lot more sweet tea. He said, stop it. <laughs> so I'm just, I have to deny myself sometimes things that I know are not good for me. Everyone, denying ourselves is like working out. 
It's like training the muscle. The more that you do, the more benefits and results you're going to see from it. When I start talking, I said this in men's group, when I start talking about habits, what's the first thing you start talking about? Oh, they go straight to bad, right? Right? First thing we start thinking about, oh, we're going to start talking about all the bad habits. But what if denying ourselves meant that we started forming good habits? What if the habits that we formed, because the bad ones came because we what? We did them, and we did them, and we did them, and we did them. What if we started praying? And what if we started praying? And what if... What if we started praying? What if we started reading our Bible? What if we started reading our Bible? What, what if it just became so a part of our life that it formed a habit? When you got up in the morning, you could not help but to pray. You could not help but to read your Bible. You got to form some good habits. You got to consistent, oh, controlling your mouth. I almost skipped over that. It almost went above that one. I said that last week. You know, we got to speak life instead of death. You got to get you some life-giving verses. And and sometimes, what does that look like practically? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Don't say everything that's on your mind. Every joke that you want to joke, sometimes you shouldn't say all the jokes you come to your mind, which my mind floods with them. I'm trying to take my thoughts captive a lot of times. But you have to consistently say no to selfishness and to pride. And you've got to evaluate the priorities in your life. Look what Matthew 6, 33 says. It says, but seek first. Ye, there's the King James over there. Who said ye? That's awesome. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his righteousness, his way, his will, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus' call doesn't necessarily mean you have to give up all things. But his call asks you to put him first over everything, over your possessions, over your loved ones, over your accomplishments, and even your own life. When you make him the priority, I love what it says, when you seek the kingdom first, all these other things that you've been wanting and desiring, if you put God first in your life, he's going to add those things to you. You've been wondering why you've been living in subtraction? Because you've not put God first. God says, put me first, and I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. That's what the word says. Number four, following requires striving to be like Jesus. We talked about this a few months ago. Sanctification is the process of becoming holy. It's not easy, and it's costly, and we can't make ourselves holy. Our holiness comes from God because he's holy. We cannot stop Listen to me. You can't stop your Christian walk from the moment you say the sinner's prayer. That's the beginning. The end is way farther on down the road. So many times we say a prayer and we think that's all we got to go. No, no. The journey is the one you have to continue to follow him each and every day. It says daily. One of the things, it's a process. 2 Corinthians 2.15, I'll show you. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those being, say being, being saved and among those who are perishing. We are in a process of going through with God of sanctification. One of these days, we're going to be perfect. Y'all know that? I'm pretty close now, but I'm going to be really perfect one of these days. I don't need your arms folded up here. One of the ways, listen to me, one of the ways the Holy Spirit functions is to cultivate our Christian walk. 
Why does it matter? Because God wants to turn you into Jesus more and more and more and more each day. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over a period of time. It's a deliberate action and cooperation. The Bible says we got to walk by the Spirit. It also says that we got to live by the Spirit, and we got to keep in step with the Spirit. So we've got to be walking with Him and following Him. Number four, following require, number five, sorry. This is a good one. Letting go of comparison. Yes. Here's the context. Peter denied Jesus three times. At the end of John, he comes and they're fishing. Uh, Peter's been fishing and, and he's cooked some fish up and Jesus walks up on the scene. And, and what he's doing with Peter is he's restoring Peter for his failures. He's restoring him because he denied him three times. And, and three times he asked him, he says, uh, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Quit asking me that question, Jesus. You know that I love you. And he said, follow me. But Peter, I like what this in John says, Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So all of that happened. He restores Peter. But Peter looks back at John. Who's John, the disciple that Jesus loved? I'm sure there was a lot of probably a little envy going on with the disciples because they all knew Jesus like John just a little bit better than the rest of them. He really didn't, but that's the way they perceived it. But it does say he was the disciple that Jesus loved. But Peter looked back and he said, in this word, he said, seeing him said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, oh, I love it. If I will remain till he come, what is it to you? Peter, you walk your walk, let him walk his walk. Don't be worried about what John's doing. Because I'm about to take you somewhere, Peter, where you ain't going to have to worry about John. Comparison, listen to me, is, it, I like what he said, what is it to you? You follow me. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about what's going on over there. But comparison is a killer. Social media is taking its toll on people's self-esteem. Everybody's life is more exciting than mine. Everybody's prettier than me, and uh, they're more successful than me, and they got a nicer home. They go on better vacations. But remember this. Listen to me. No one ever posts pre-makeup. Or hardly, right? You don't see what they look like at about 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. They're rolling out of bed, hair all nappy, and y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't see them pre-makeup. Photoshop is being used, filters on every video. You don't see the zit that popped up even when you're 40 or 50 years old. You don't see it because it's cropped out. Nobody's posting all their failures. You ain't seeing them taking pictures of their kids acting a fool. Right? This is Sally and Bobby. Look at them. They're so cute. They got their ties on, but they are brats. Y'all, come on. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everything you see is not always the way that it is. Stop comparing yourself to other people and start focusing on how God sees you, not the way other people see you. Last week I said you are royalty. You are a special people. You're his own, and you've got to start looking at yourself that way. 
You have to focus on the call and the assignment that God has given you. It's your journey. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't be worrying about what your husband's doing. Don't be worrying about what your wife's doing. Don't be looking down the road at your neighbor. God says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So many times we want to compare ourselves and Oh, and we want to, to show somebody else's weaknesses so we'll, hi, we'll hide ours. we got to highlight everybody else's weakness because we don't want to show who we really are. Oh, i got to go on. I'm about to get shoe at me. The call to Jesus, the call to follow Jesus is much bigger than you. Disciples all received the same call, follow me. But they were so different. Listen to this part. They had different backgrounds, they had different opinions, they had different habits. And in the, in the Chosen series, Mary was a mess. She was demon-possessed and chose to follow. She was a mess. You know what that kind of looks like? Kind of looks like the church, don't it? The church is like thrift store clothes or hand-me-downs than it is a fine tailored suit. The church is more like my brother getting to wear all of my clothes, even though he was three years younger than me. I know he really appreciated that. But that's what the church is. The hand-me-downs and not a brand new suit. We can't only interact with the people that fit us, agree with us, feel like us, we're comfortable with, or enjoy being around. We got a thrift store in the church. That's not how Jesus called his followers at all. In order to have a life-changing church is what we want big church to be. We have to have contact. We have to have compassion for those who follow Jesus. Look what happens when these 12 men decided to follow Jesus. In Acts, it talks about a church that was birthed out of 12 people. It soon turned into 120 who gathered together in an upper room and the Holy Ghost spell on them and it turned into 3,000 being saved. It turned into 5,000 being saved. A city was transformed and revival took place. Oh, why? Because they chose to follow. Acts 2, 7. Then they were all amazed and marveling. This is when all this happened. Saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? The 120 spoke in languages they had never spoken in before. You know why? Because there was a world out there, there was a diverse world that needed to hear something besides the language of Christianity sometimes. Besides our Christian, not Christianity, our Christianese. They needed to hear a language. They needed, they said, hey, these are Galileans, right? It's almost like saying, hey, a bunch of hillbillies running around here. But they're speaking in languages we've never heard before. Jesus removed the language barriers. Why? Because he wanted to unify people. Once we start speaking the same language in the church, the real church, we're going to be birthed in us. We all want to take our rightful spot as soon as we start speaking the language of God. Listen to me. God did not choose the best. He chose the willing. God with unlimited power, you know what he did? He taken a group of ordinary people just like us sitting in this room. He breathed the life of the Holy Spirit on them and they would never, ever be the same. You know what? Here's the thing. They would eventually die for the cause of spreading the gospel of Jesus. But they first had to die to themselves. They had to give up what they wanted. Luke 9, 24 says this. 
For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This message that Jesus was speaking was and is counterculture right now. Culture says this, live for yourself, be independent. Your happiness is what's most important. You do you. But Jesus didn't say you do you. He said you do me. He didn't say uh, you hit. He says follow me and look at the way that I walk. You must be willing to follow. You can't be, follow Jesus on your own terms. We must be willing to be stretched, to be vulnerable, and even broken. It's a big step. But it's the place. Those, sometimes those broken places are the places where we can experience the most growth. The good news is we have the Holy Spirit to help us. You don't, gotta you, don't, gotta, you don't have to navigate through this life on your own. Do you all know that? You know you're not alone. If you're a child of God, you have the Holy Ghost that's inside of you, and he carries you. You carry him everywhere that you go. Ain't that a little thought that you get? You think you're having a conscious thought, but sometimes you're having a Holy Ghost thought. You're like, don't do that. Don't say that. No, do this. Go there. So I'm going to ask us right now to just, to just to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit sometimes and do it. Good news, we have that. You don't have to ask. God asks us to die daily so that we could live eternally. If you would, stand with me, please. In a world where we hear terms like follow your heart, we have to be careful about following our heart. You know why? Because our heart can let us down. It can take us in the wrong direction. And instead of following our heart, let's follow Jesus. And you know, that can be a little scary at times. And, but Jesus offers something that our heart can't. He offers peace. He offers joy. He offers happiness and contentment. Just like the disciples, Jesus is saying to us today, follow me. And that looks like a call to action. They dropped everything and followed him. Matthew dropped everything and followed him. And I'm telling you, they're still talking about them some 2,000 years later. But the first thing we have to do in taking a step is we have to accept Jesus. That's our, that's our first step in following him, accept him as our savior. And sometimes again, we, we try to overcomplicate that, but the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you will confess with your mouth, you can be saved. I'm gonna ask you in a few minutes, we're gonna open up these altars, but you can believe in your heart sitting on the middle row back there. You can confess with your mouth sitting anywhere in this place. And Jesus right now, he, he's around the altar, but he's around the altar of your heart. Whether it's in the back of the room or in the front of the room, he's around the altar of your heart. Maybe, listen to me, you've been following Jesus, but you've got a little sidetracked along the way. There might be some things that's keeping you from following him the way that you used to. Maybe there's guilt and maybe there's shame and maybe there's wounds. Maybe there's even sin in your life. I'm gonna ask you in a few minutes when we get ready to sing, bring it to the front and lay it at his feet. He's still here. 
Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's still the same wonder-working God. He can take that which you think is broken and you can't fix it. He can take it and mend that thing back together and make it new. Our prayer team and our members are going to be down here. They're going to be ready to pray for you. Let's give God a chance. And if he's prompting you to follow him this morning, whether it's through salvation or whether it's just maybe to take a step out of your comfort zone and do something not only today but this week for him. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.